What an incredible conversation with Naomi Ward. Um, I, I feel like I've just made a soul sister. We talked about all kinds of things related to purpose. And Naomi has a beautiful definition of purpose is um, who you are at your core and what is the impact that you are called to have. And so that's the theme of our conversation. So many rich layers of this and, and so many really practical ways that you can explore that for yourself, how you can bring that to your work as a teacher or a leader or in your personal life as a parent or a partner or in, in a family situation. So enjoy this podcast with Naomi Ward. Welcome to the Pursuit of Wellbeing podcast. My name's Maria Brosnan. I'm the founder of Pursuit and your host for the show. This podcast is dedicated to providing well-being information, inspiration, and support for teachers, leaders, and school staff around the world. My guest today is Naomi Ward. Naomi has over 14 years' experience in the classroom and leadership and is the founder of Purposeful Educators. She's a co-active coach and is accredited with the International Coaching Federation. She holds a master's degree in media, culture and communication from the Institute of Education and through the Purposeful Leadership and Purposeful Coaches programs, Naomi is determined to be part of a purpose revolution in schools across the UK and internationally. Naomi, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Maria. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. I, I want to pick up just that very last point there about that you want to be part of a purpose revolution in schools across the UK and internationally. And I love big ideas and big missions like that. And well, clearly purpose. So let's start. I think a good starting point is let's talk about purpose and what you mean when you talk about your purpose and, and, and even a broader definition of the term. Sure. Yes. I like big ideas too. There's something quite freeing if you really think big. Yeah. <laughs> but, and um, I think it, it's wonderful that there's that connection here. But yeah, to explore what purpose is, for me, it's two things. It's who you are at your core and the impact that you are called to have. And my work with educators is very much finding clarity on those two questions. You know, who are you at your core and what is the impact that you are called to have? And in fact, that you're uniquely placed to have. And I think um, maybe there are three levels of purpose. There's our default purpose or our inherited purpose when we, um, that we're kind of socialized into, you know, that you going to be successful and you're going to get a job and you're going to get someone to live and have a relationship and make a difference mm -hmm. and that is absolutely not enough for many people but I think there might come a time which might be midlife it might be a disruption in our lives like an illness a bereavement having a child something um, significant where we get a sense that there's something more um, a sense of longing and we really get curious about what that might be. And that might be a created purpose, a self-authored purpose. And I think there's even a level deeper, which is our soul's purpose. Almost you can believe that we're born with something, you know, like a, a seed of genius. Mm. And our soul's purpose is where there's an awakening of that. Um, that natural genius within us. 
So, and I'm learning about this all the time. I want to, you know, make it clear to your listeners that I'm very much a student of this. I'm really learning, but I'm really fascinated and intrigued by what's possible if we really listen to that um, as educators. Oh, so many, <laughs> so many ways this conversation could go, Naomi. I love everything you've just said. And um, I, I, I feel like I'm the same. I'm a real student of this. And really, I, I feel like I, my soul's purpose is really calling to me and trying to help me bring my gifts to the world or bring my my sense of what I'm here to do and and there's and there's such richness in that but let's go back a couple of steps into your um your default purpose so somebody let's start at the first step if somebody's listening to this and feeling like okay yes I recognize that I'm living my default purpose I'm working I have you know my life as it is right now but they have this calling or kind of a sense as you described it earlier a sense of yearning or, or longing what, what would you suggest there what I think it's to get very curious and I think it's to slow down to a stop in order to get very quiet and listen and I'm thinking about the pace of school cultures and how we don't have the opportunity or the spaces for that kind of quiet and um, because you can trust that part of you, that longing part of you, that there's something to say. I think that is the presence of the soul. And so to listen and also to notice more. I think, you know, being a teacher is, it, it, it's a soulful business, you know, we're, we're, it's relational, we're working with other human beings. And I'm sure everyone here can think of a time in the classroom or with a student or a colleague where there's a kind of energy that feels very alive. And really, I would <laughs> say that part of what I do is be a purpose detective. Mm -hmm. And I would encourage you to be purpose detectives. Like, look out for those moments in your life, in the school day, where you just feel very alive. There's what we might call resonance, a kind of energy that's very embodied and be curious about when that happens. What's present right now? And where is this energy pointing me? And it might be a value. It might be, um, but it's something very important to pay attention to. So I think to bottom line, the answer to your question, it's to really observe yourself and listen. Pay attention. As a coach working with teachers, Naomi, what are you seeing right now? Right now, I'm seeing. Uh, a kind of restlessness and a sense that the default isn't enough and they want more. And that when people have access to that more, something, something magic happens, mm. you know, and I can tell a story yeah, about a teacher where I witnessed this and I witnessed this over and over again. And this is part of why I created Purposeful Educators because I was witnessing this loss of self, which I would say is synonymous with loss of purpose, loss of soul mm. at work. And so Danny was a teacher I was working with who was on maternity leave. 
And she was facing what so many women face. I'm going back to work. I've got a child. Am I going to be a good enough mother? Am I going to be a good enough teacher? And was kind of lost in that, lost in her thoughts really, and had forgotten perhaps that sense of purpose. And I asked her to tell me a story. And storytelling is a brilliant way of getting in touch with our purpose and our values. Ben Okri, the author, says our stories are a reservoir of values. So if you ask any teacher to tell you a story about a moment that has meaning for them, it's all there if you really listen. And she told me a story about a year nine class she had. She was a tutor, you know, a small class, what they lacked in numbers they made up for in personality. You know, if you've taught year nine, (laughs) you know what I'm talking about. And there was a boy in her class who had um, learning difficulties. I'm not sure what exactly but he had missed the school talent show and he wanted to sing in front of the class. Okay. And I'm listening and I'm like, "Uh Oh, you know, how is this going to be received? Because children aren't always kind and generous, (laughs) not always. Um, and, and, And then the same response happened for her in the moment, but she said, yeah, of course you go out and prepare to sing. And he did. And she turned to the class, she turned to the kids, and before she opened her mouth, they said, it's okay, miss, we've got him, we've got his back, we know. And I feel how that moves me now. And and he came back into the classroom and he sang, and the class were just rapturous, they accepted him, he belonged in that class. And in that moment, I could reflect back to Danny, do you see how incredible that is? That's her genius. That's her purpose right there, that she can create that acceptance, belonging, reverence, understanding, empathy among a group of year nine kids. And from there, we really sank into it. And she, we evolved this purpose, which was, um, I am the fierce champion who emboldens you to be mindful of yourself and others. And from there, she created a mindfulness program across the school to support young people with anxiety before exams specifically and she also connected back to her own mindfulness practice because one thing that I know is that the purpose that we are longing for for others is what we are most longing for in ourselves oh that resonates (laughs) (laughs) yeah and so interesting that that can be across a relationship between a teacher and a student, right? You would think it would be across colleagues or partners or something like that. But to see that reflected in your relationship with your students is incredible. Mm. So how do we help people connect to, or how do you help people connect to that purpose? Because um, the, the story that you asked Danny to share with you really brought that to life. Is it, is it that simple? I think it is quite simple. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, other ways that we explore purpose are, you know, questions. And this is something that anyone can do in a school environment. And this is really an appeal to anyone who might line manage a teacher, to our leaders in education, to open up a space for someone to restore connection with their core purpose so questions such as what do you care about what are you longing for what is the magic 
you create? When do you feel most alive? And I think if we could have conversations like that to check in with purpose and, and tell me, are you able to do that here? And if you're not, what's the barrier for you? So you're really removing the debris out of the way of your educators, your greatest resource for them to inhabit their fullest gifts or get a taste of that. And another exercise that we do, which is incredibly powerful, um, is something called possiping. And <laughs> this comes from, um, I'm going to get this wrong, I'm going to, but, but there's, a, there's a tradition in, in some African tribes where if someone trans, makes a transgression, then that person is placed in the middle of a circle and everyone around them reflects back how great they are and what they love about this person. And so what we do, not that this person's in trouble, <laughs> but inspired by that, because um, I run some group coaching programs. And so we really get to know each other and see each other in a way that is rare. And so at the end, this person sort of stands to one side and all of us reflect back what we see in them. So this is what I see in you. These are your strengths. This is my longing for you. This is what I see you create in the future. Because one thing that I'm sure you notice around about educators is we're not always great at talking ourselves up mm. and really articulating our gifts. But when you have a group of people telling you something and they've all seen the same thing and there's a golden thread here, it's very difficult to reject. Yes. <laughs> yeah. and, and so that kind of fills you up. Yeah, so there are, I think, three ways um, which are storytelling, questions, and reflecting back acknowledgement that really supports people to accept their purpose. What happens when you see people that have lost their sense of purpose or lost their sense of self? What, what, do, you, what do you see happening there? Um, well, I guess I can talk about myself there. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think you see self-doubt, a loss of confidence, a kind of overwork, yes. a kind of like to, to feel valued, I just need to do more, maybe a neglect of self-care and, and, and self-worth, maybe a kind of frustration, maybe anger that you don't feel well used, maybe withdrawal. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's different for lots of people. When did you experience that? Was that when you were in schools as, as a teacher or leader? Yeah, I think it was, you know, I'm um, shout out for MTPT project here, which uh, you may know of that offers coaching to um, teach parents. So what does that and, stand for? Oh, the, the maternity teacher, paternity teacher project, okay. which offers coaching for parents, teacher parents. And I had very young children and I was a leader in a, in a school and was really struggling and I just forgot who I was and I forgot what I was good at mm. and the impact that I could have and I really needed someone to remind me and then I think I would have thought oh yeah yeah okay that's it and I can still inhabit that and that is a source of meaning resilience and clarity that is going to carry me through these 
years because I do think our sense of purpose we've talked about how to connect with it but but why and it is truly what we need when we need to dig deep you know why am I here what is the difference I make let me see the big picture and, and that source of meaning that when you are inhabiting your true gifts the rewards are significant in terms of the impact you're having the feedback you're having from young people and colleagues yeah yeah so what can we do in a school culture? What could leaders do? What can we do for each other to, to enable this to impact, to positively impact the culture of the school? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's a really good point for school leaders to, to acknowledge that, you know, if you pay attention to the purpose of your workforce and you have people um, inhabiting their true gifts then you know not only is it going to be an important contributor to the engagement of your staff and how much they're going to over deliver for you um, in, a, in a healthy way it also means that the outcomes for your students the experience of your students is going to improve and how can you as a school leader nurture that I think it's being clear being clear about your purpose as a school leader, being clear about the purpose of your school. I mean, I know that we all sort of have an um, implicit understanding of what schools are for, but do we really think carefully enough about what about our school? What about our unique contribution to the world? You know, if we go back to the original definition, what is our greatness that at our core as a school and what is the impact that we are uniquely placed to have and once you've got that and you start to have conversations about individual purpose and you start to see how is their purpose aligned with the organizational purpose what are the opportunities this person might have or might even think of for themselves and create that are really going to support the whole organization because you need to have that congruence in order for this to be effective across an organization. And for people listening that might be thinking, I'm up to my eyeballs right yeah. now. <laughs> you know, I don't have the capacity to stop, as you said earlier on, to stop and reflect and take that time. What can we do now? And we're recording this in May, you know, really gearing up. Some people are in the middle of exams, or you know, it's quite an intense time, more than more than even usual. It's intense. What can people do right now to help them connect with their purpose, connect with themselves or their work or the school? What what are some practical things people can do right now? We have a we have a set of principles in our community and one of them is we are not lost in doing. We take time to pause. However busy you are, you can still pause. So that might just be taking three mindful breaths and just remembering what you're committed to right now. And so it might be working out that I'm a commitment to slowing down. I'm a commitment to noticing or kindness. So what is a quality that you need more of right now in these really testing times that you can just remember and invite in to yourself? Like, what if I just had 5% more, more of, of, of an ability to slow down? Mm. What might that feel like? 
And if people say, I'm too busy, I'm even too busy for that. <laughs> you know, can you count to one? Because even that might help. Or, or, or noticing things, you know, there are a lot of thresholds in an environment, you know, doorways and things mm -hmm. like that. There's a lovely image of a Zen Buddhist temple and across the threshold of this temple at floor level is a raised plank. If you rush through that door, you're going to fall flat on your face. Yeah. So that's inviting you to pause, step over and set your intention anew. So even think about how you move through an environment like that all just keeps you in touch with your, your, your body and, and your whole self. So you're suggesting as people move through a doorway to just take that moment to acknowledge I'm, I'm moving from perhaps a classroom to the hallway to move to another lesson, et cetera. So just to pause and, and take that time. Yeah, it's those micro moments, isn't it? It's a breath mm. or two or three or those simple practices. And, and you just mentioned how to get connected back into our body and could you just talk a little more about that and the importance of that connection? Because we're so yeah. busy in our minds, right? And yeah. when we just get down into our bodies, and I say down for no particular reason, but get into our bodies more, yeah, really literally ground us and, and help that kind of help reduce that kind of spinning out feeling. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure there are many guests you've had on who have talked about this. And, and certainly we begin every encounter in our community with some kind of grounding exercise, some kind of centering exercise. Centering is organizing yourself in length, width, and depth. Um, and what, do you, what do you mean by that? Oh, <laughs> so um, centering is a fantastic practice, which, yeah, it grounds you in your body and you take time to notice your full um, height and that's called centering in length and that is the dimension of self-worth and dignity mm. so you just remember your whole self um, your connection to the earth and the sky and yeah it's very grounding and then and then you center in width which is um, a dimension of relationship so you remember that you are part of a community and you remember to take up your full width because we can shrink down, mm. can't we, if, we're, if that's habitual or we can kind of puff up, you know, take our full width and depth. And from here, if you're truly centered, then you cultivate the ability to absorb. If we think about the external world and everything that's coming at us at any time, say a child in the class who's having a tough day, which is making your, your day quite tough. If you feel very centered, you're able to tolerate that sensation, but not react yes. to come back to center and to respond with skill. And something that we do as well is to center ourselves around our purpose. So if you organize yourself around what you care about most, if somebody says something that you might react to, you just have that ability to pause, come back to center and purpose. What's the skillful action that I take now? I've, I've read about schools can be landscapes of reactivity. So how do we disrupt that? By being more centered, 
um, taking time to pause and respond. And look, I know this is really hard. <laughs> I'm not saying that this is easy, um, but it feels important. It is. And one of the huge benefits, Naomi, from this is that you feel better for it. And we're not continuously triggering our stress response. And there are massive benefits to that in terms of our own even energy management. Like we will have more energy at the end of the day. If you imagine using your mobile phone <laughs> endlessly and draining the battery, it's a similar kind of metaphor for us. If we're draining our inner battery by mm. reacting, 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 if we can manage those reactions, we have a net effect that the benefit of that is we have more energy and so it's not a kind of namby-pamby let's just be nice to each other it's not that it's how do we manage these things more skillfully mm. and we get the benefit of that in our in our body right in our biology and um, yeah yeah and I, and I think um you know coming back to health um you you've described some health benefits there of just alleviating the stress yeah and to come back to purpose, you know, we know that if people have a real strong sense of purpose, and purpose is embodied, by the way, it's something that our bodies know. Yes. And if we have that, then we're more likely to be free of dementia in our old age. Um, we're less likely to have a stroke. We're going to live longer. Um, so over and above the psychological well-being and, and self-actualization and all that good stuff. Yeah. It's just good for our health. Yeah, absolutely. To to really um, find this purpose and do our life's work, because that's what we're here to do. Yeah. When I when I talk about well being in schools, I talk about the four domains of our well being, and by mm. that I mean our mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual health. And by spiritual, mm. it's exactly what you're talking about. It's our sense of purpose and meaning and how we feel about ourselves and our lives. And they are so utterly interdependent. You know, if you yes. feel if you're feeling really good about yourself and what you're doing, you've had a great day, you're more likely to, you know, connect well with somebody, your partner, your family at home. You're more likely to make better choices about what you eat or if you exercise. You know, all of them are utterly interdependent, managing our emotions, managing our mental states. They all build our health. The benefits of those are huge. So this is really deep stuff we're talking about. <laughs> but it's yeah. not, you know, it's really not hard if you take it moment by moment. Okay, what does this moment require of me? Mm. Yeah, know, yeah. And I, and I think you've hit on something um, really important, like, pe like people saying, you know, and I use this phrase, your life's work. And as I did, I thought that sounds quite grandiose. And, and there is that aspect of purpose that you're going to have this world shifting impact. But I can also in the same breath, reassure everyone that your purpose is what you're doing in this moment. Yeah. What does it show up? How does it show up for me right now, writing this email or being on duty or encouraging this child to come out from under the table because they're scared? How does it show up for me now? Yeah. And it's that consistency in how we show up, which I think then really begins to contribute to our leadership presence. You know, we want leaders who stand for something, who are consistent. We know who they are. We feel safe. And I really feel like I talk about a purpose revolution. I feel like our leaders 
and, and all of us, when we have that kind of presence of clarity of who we are, I just think the, um, the change that we're going to be capable of moment to moment, relationally, and therefore in the world, it just really, really excites me what might be possible. Yeah, and I think if we extend that to ourselves, what you described beautifully, how how do we respond in each moment to the email, to the child who's scared, et cetera, but then how do we respond to ourselves when mm. we perceive that somehow we've failed or that we haven't been able to do that and we haven't shown up as our so-called best self? How do we then respond to ourselves with that same kindness and compassion uh, and then that becomes a virtuous cycle of care for ourselves that can extend beyond ourselves. Yeah. Well, as I mentioned before, you know, your purpose, if it's true, is often what you're most longing for. So you can, you can kind of turn that lens onto yourself. What do I need right now? But I'm a huge advocate of self-compassion. Mm. Um, you know, I recommend Andy Sammons's book, The Compassionate Teacher. I'd recommend all of the work by Tara Brack. Mm. Um, and Kristen Neff around just offering yourself the same kindness that you would offer a best friend yeah and the power of that is transformational you know to to really turn down that critical voice within you and even turn mm -hmm. <laughs> towards that critical voice with compassion yeah you know that's where true integration and you know integration you know means to become whole that's what's possible. So yeah, self-compassion. And there are some very simple practices that you can do moment to moment. You know, if you get caught in the school day where you feel, oh, I really messed up. Oh, I failed. I let everyone down, you know, guilt, guilt, um, that you can just interrupt that with self-compassion and choose something else. And like, that's another superpower that I think all educators need to know about. Yeah, guilt is a huge thing. Um, and I'm hearing more and more people talking about how guilty they feel. And I'm curious as to why, because it's 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 been a pattern that I've seen working with teachers over years and years, but it seems to have ramped up. And I wonder what has shifted this year that has amplified that sense of guilt. I don't, I, do you have any insights mm -hmm. on that? Um, maybe it's a sense of powerlessness. I don't know. I guess there's more pain in the world right now, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, you know, from it's been life and death for the world, and um, maybe there's something in the collective mm. that we're feeling responsible to some extent. But maybe there's, you know, these emotions can be messengers from the divine. You know, what is this emotion pointing me to if I was to use this feeling of guilt, or what lies beneath the guilt? Um, so I guess to get curious about that guilt and explore it. Yeah. And just as we start to wrap up, um, Naomi, you did talk a little bit about the purpose revolution. <laughs> Is there anything more you want to speak to about that? What might that look like? What are you hoping for? What are you in your work uh, doing to, to revolutionise how we experience our purpose? So right from the beginning of this, when I made a video um, and it was just me. <laughs> mm -hmm. I said, this is a global movement. <laughs> yeah. Which is kind of quite funny looking back now. But I think that really appealed to people, this thinking big. And um, 
what I mean by a revolution, you know, revolution means change. And I think for too long, we're trying to fit in and be part of a system and maybe mask who we are and maybe not accept who we are and not really shine a light on our strengths and what we're called to do. It feels like everyone, it felt like everyone's a little bit contained. Yeah. You know, working within themselves. And I guess the revolution is to change that. So everyone is working in the fullness of themselves. And it is becoming global. I'm working with more educators in Asia, in Europe, as well as the UK. And my hope is that this ripple effect means that teachers can really experience more fulfillment, more aliveness, more joy, and more impact ultimately. Because we are really needed, aren't we? These are, these are very difficult times. I alluded to the pain of the world mm. in terms of um, the planet crisis, in terms of uh, the struggles around racism and, and, and the division that we've allowed to, to flourish. And actually, I think if people connect that to their core sense of purpose, it will always refute that. It will always be something around connection, nature, healing, wholeness, um, being seen, seeing others. And that is the energy, that collective energy is what I see the world needing in order to heal. Mm -hmm. And so that revolution is kind of almost <laughs> an unleashing of energy that is very healing, very generative, very creative, and very unifying. Yes. And we're building those little bridges across those chasms of division by just taking a moment to think about another person's situation or to, to acknowledge the division and not allow that to deepen, but just gently with compassion for yourself and others, just build those little bridges of understanding. It's a huge part of the work that I'm doing personally and, and, mm. and my personal mission as well. How do we build those bridges of understanding to, to strengthen ourselves and each other? We're all in education because we're drawn to be making a difference, making a positive impact on the world and the next generation. And I loved what you said earlier about finding the fullness of ourselves. I know we could talk about this all day long, but as we wrap this up, and, and it's probably a huge question, Amy, but, and, and you've given us lots of tools already, but is there anything that you'd like to kind of say to wrap that up? How do we find that fullness in ourselves and express that? I might read a poem <gasps> yes. to, <laughs> to answer that question. Please do. And I would really recommend this book, which is by David White, the poet David White, and it's called The Heart Aroused. And David White worked in corporate America for years as a poet. And his role was really to recover the soul in the workplace. And it's a terrific read because he explores that really through the lens of poetry. And I think what poetry gives us is truth. That's what the arts give us. It's truth. And um, essentially, this is what Purposeful Educators is looking for, is the truth of the the truth of who you are, the truth of who I am, and how we can express that. So this is a poem by Pablo Neruda, which is translated by David White. And it illustrates 
how this individual experienced their purpose and then what happened in the expression of it. And it's, I think about Pablo Neruda as a poet, realizing that he was a poet and what happened. I didn't know what to say. My mouth could not speak. My eyes could not see. And something ignited in my soul. Fever or unremembered wings. And I went my own way. Deciphering that burning fire and I wrote the first bare line, bare, without substance. Pure foolishness, pure wisdom of one who knows nothing. And suddenly I saw the heavens unfastened and open. And there's something there about the audacity of just writing the first line. And what would that be like for us to just write the first line of that calling that we, we all have? But I will leave it there with, with his words, far more eloquent than anything I could say. Oh, Naomi, thank you so much. That was a really rich and wonderful conversation. Thank you very much for having me. And I, yeah, I feel the connection in the work that you do. And I'm grateful for everything that you're offering your community. It's extraordinary. Uh, likewise absolutely likewise I've been speaking with Naomi Ward um, you can connect with Naomi in lots of ways on Twitter at purposeful underscore ed her website is purposefuleducators.com on Instagram it's at purposeful underscore educators and on LinkedIn it's Naomi Ward please reach out she's got some wonderful programs happening and be part of the revolution. Naomi, thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. Thanks, Maria. Thanks so much for listening. Now check out our website, pursuitwellbeing.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, please hit the subscribe button in your podcast app. And if you feel inspired, please rate and review it and share it with your friends. I love getting your feedback and learning how we can improve our programme.